Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOFPHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. I want to go ahead and let you know up front that I love each and every one of you with all my heart and all my soul and all my mind. I really do. I love you. I love this church. I love all the people here. But I want to go ahead and warn you right now that I'm not even sure if this is a message today. I don't know. I know it's not a sermon. I believe it's a conversation that I've been having with God for several weeks now. But yesterday morning, he kind of changed some things in my life. And he's got my attention this past week on some things. So I don't even know if it's for you. But I can tell you I know it's for me. In fact, I know it's for me because I've been guilty of everything that God began to show me yesterday. And to pour into my heart. I've been guilty of it all. I pray that somebody will receive something out of it, but I know that this message today is for me. The title of my message is There's Agony in My Soul. That's not a title, that's my testimony today. There's an agony in my soul. There's an agony in my soul. You turn in the book of Psalms, and you don't have to do it now. I'm going to have it on the screen. Psalm 6. We find David having a conversation with God. We find David talking to God in one of the times of his life when he was in sorrow and when he was in uh, discouragement in his life, when he was just suffering within. He was a broken man. He was downcast in his spirit. There was agony in his soul. David said these words starting in verse 2. He says, Be merciful to me, Lord, for I am faint. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are in agony. David says, My soul is in anguish. How long, O Lord, how long? How long, O Lord? How long do I have to keep being in this agony in my life? Turn, O Lord, and deliver me and save me because of your unfailing love. Aren't you grateful today for God's unfailing love? David says, no one remembers you when he is dead. Who praises you from the grave? David says, I'm I'm worn out. I'm worn out from groaning all night long. I flood my bed with weeping and I drench my couch with tears. My eyes grow weak with sorrow. They fell because of all my foes. David was downcast. There was agony in this man's soul. Agony in the soul of David. And then you turn to the gospel of Matthew. Matthew 26. Verse 36 through 46. You find Jesus in a place right before he is to be betrayed. Right before he's to be deserted by those that are closest to him in his life. Right before he is arrested. Right before he is beaten. Right before he is crucified when he's hung on the cross. 
And his soul was in agony. Jesus himself, his soul was in anguish. He was in agony. We read in Jesus here in the Garden of Gethsemane says, Jesus went with them, his disciples, to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And he said, sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. Jesus became anguished. He told them, my my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here with me and watch with me. And he went on a little farther and he bowed with his face to the ground praying, my father, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Please let this pain go away. Let this agony go away. Then Jesus says this, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned to the disciples and he found them asleep. He said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watching, pray to so you will not give in to temptation for the spirit is willing but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them a second time and he prayed, my father, if this cup can be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. And when he returned to them again, he found them sleeping for they couldn't keep their eyes open. So he went to pray a third time saying the same things again. Then he came to the disciples and said, go ahead and you sleep. Have your rest, but look, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up now, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. Let us pray. Father, your will be done today. God, you you know my heart right now, Lord, and God, you know the heart of every individual in this place, and I just pray, Lord, that your perfect will be done in our lives. God, that you would awaken us today, God, to your plan and your purposes for our life. God, we thank you for your word, your eternal word, your unchanging word, God, that brings life. It brings hope. So, God, may your word today in some way, somehow, Lord, by the work of your Holy Spirit, let it bring life to us today, God. Lord, help us, Lord. Anyone that's here today and there's agony in their soul, God, bring peace and bring hope, Lord. But most of all, God, We pray that your will be done. And God, we just need you right now more than we've ever needed you before. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. There's agony in my soul. David's soul, David's soul was in anguish because of the deep pain in his life. Maybe it could be that you can relate to David because of some pain that you faced in your life. You know what it is to have agony in your soul. David was a man of anguish, deep pain in his life. And then we see here in this story in Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, that Jesus was in anguish as he faced the cup of suffering that was ahead of him. Jesus himself, the Son of Man, the Son of God, he was even anguished in his own soul because of the suffering and the pain that he was about to face. Think about that. Think about this scene here in the garden there, this agony that Jesus was consumed with in the garden of Gethsemane. That that word Gethsemane means an oil press. 
And the reason we get this picture is because where Jesus would go for prayer, it was an olive garden. And there was a press inside of that olive garden. And inside of that olive garden, they would pick the olives and they would put them in there to be pressed so they could extract the oil out of those olives. And this is really a picture of Jesus himself being crushed like one of those olives. So much so that the Bible says that he even sweated drops of blood. He was so uh, anguished and so uh, filled with sorrow and crushed by the cup of suffering that he was about to drink. It says that he was crushed and that he began to sweat drops of blood. It's because he was in anguish. The night before Jesus is to be crucified on the cross, he's in this place, this garden, this place that he would often withdraw to and have prayer. You know when you're going through pain, there's, you need a place that you can go pray. And the Olive Garden was that place there, that, that Garden of Gethsemane was that place where he could go pray and find rest. But this night would be different for Jesus because on this night, this place of rest and this place of refuge and this place of prayer, this place now turned into a place of anguish and a place of pain. Jesus, the Son of Man, the Son of God, Overwhelmed by this cup that he's about to uh, drink from, this cup of suffering, because he's about to become sin for each and every one of us sitting in this room. He's about to become sin for, for my sins and for your sins. He's about to become and take the, play, take the sin upon all man's sins. Not just your sins, not just my sins, but the whole world's sins. Think about every wrong, every evil, everything bad that's ever been done. Jesus is about to take it all upon himself. Can you imagine the, the weight of that cup that he's about to drink? And he's in anguish in his soul. This, this Jesus, the Son of God, perfect and sinless, is about to take the sins of the world on him. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21 that God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Aren't you grateful, friend, that God made Jesus... To be sin for us, it's a substitutionary sacrifice. He took your place on the cross. He took my place on the cross. We deserve the punishment. We deserve the wrath of God. But Jesus, out of a love for each and every one of us, he went to the cross and died for us. I say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus was crushed in his soul with anguish. That word anguish or the word agony, if you look it up in the Greek, it means to be in extreme pain. The word anguish or agony, it means to have an ongoing pain in your life. It's really a picture of, of two military uh, soldiers that combat with one another and they're not fighting that one's going to be a winner and one's going to be a loser. They're fighting because the one that wins is going to live and the one that loses is going to die. It's a fight for your life. And this is a picture of these two soldiers fighting and struggling in a battle just to stay alive because the pain is ongoing and it's extreme. Maybe some of you know that pain this morning. Maybe you know what it's like to feel that ongoing struggle to get through the pain that you're going through in your life. 
many people today in our church and many people in this community, in this world, they're, they're overwhelmed with anguish right now and extreme ongoing pain because of what they're going through in their life. Maybe that describes your soul this morning. It sure describes my soul. Anguish, a fight on the inside to keep going through the pain that we're facing and things that we're suffering through, an extreme ongoing pain. It's a battle. It's a struggle to keep going. And sometimes, listen to me, friend. Please listen to me. Sometimes in life, we can be crushed by anguish, by sudden tragedy. The unexpected happens in our lives and it causes anguish in our souls. You, you don't expect the phone call. You don't expect the knock on the door. You don't expect what you hear from the doctor. But that sudden news, uh, that tragedy has arrived at your doorsteps can bring anguish in your life. This past Tuesday, the one thing that you hope and pray will never happen to you, especially as a parent, it happened there in Calypso. Happened to a family that lives right across the street from us, Paco's young nephew, teenage boy who was a dear and close friend to our family ever since he was a little boy, a childhood friend to my son, Caden. He was killed in a car accident on Tuesday afternoon. Got home late Tuesday afternoon and I see this young boy that goes to school with my son Caden and, and I see him running down the road and I see him running past my front window in my front yard and I knew by the way that boy was running, he wasn't just running to be running, he was running because there was anguish in his soul. He ran to our back door and tears in his eyes and he began to tell us what was going on and all you can do is hope they're wrong. All you can do is hope it's a mistake. All you can do is hope it's not as bad as they say it is. But friend, guess what? It was bad. It was true. There was no mistake. This young boy, this precious young boy, Juan, he was gone. Suddenly he was gone. Unexpectedly he was gone. And I'll tell you, the news brought, it brought agony to our souls, but... I'm going to tell you right now, being over at that home in Paco, man, God bless you, brother. But being over there and watching that mom and that family and the agony that's in their souls right now, oh, I can't even comprehend that kind of agony. A bunch of young boys live right there all together on my street and they're, they hang together at school. I can tell you Tuesday afternoon, friend, they, they had anguish in their souls. A school, North Dublin school, people in agony. The pain is real. I'm telling you, friend, the, it crushes you. It crushes you. And many of you know that feeling that I'm talking about right now. Many of you, under the sound of my voice, you know that feeling of being crushed by tragic news. Some of you here today are, are anguished in your soul because of what you're going through. It's a deep pain that's caused by some kind of life-changing event. I was talking to a friend of mine this past week, and he's been diagnosed with cancer. 
And I've never really had this conversation with anyone before because people just don't really want to talk about it. But he just, he, he began to tell me, sitting there in front of that doctor, hearing those words come out of that doctor's mouth and hearing that word cancer and how it hit him. And he's like, it made me numb. I didn't believe it was real. I thought I was in another world. And friend, just that quick, his whole life was turned upside down. His soul began to anguish. And all of us have been there. We've all, listen, we've all felt that pain in our life, extreme pain from losing a loved one, a spouse, a child, a, a parent, a friend. We, we, we all, listen, I know all of us could raise our hand because we've had tragedy invade our lives. And I'll tell you, it brings agony to the soul. It will break you down. It will break you down. And I just want to be honest with you. It's broke me down. I was going one way with a message, and, and, and yesterday the Lord just, I mean, my emotions have been all over the place. And the Lord says, sit down and let me talk to you. So for the next few minutes, I just want to be open and honest with you. I'm not mad at anybody. I just want to tell you, I'm, I'm giving you the conversation that I had with God. It may not be for you. But it's for me. My soul has been in agony for a while now, Lord. Because of my own battles in my life. And because of the battles that the people in this church are going through. It brings agony to my own soul because of what I'm going through. And because of what many of you are going through in your life today. I don't, I don't want you to worry. Listen, listen. I, I don't want you to be concerned. Don't worry. I hadn't lost it. I lost it a long time ago. I'm not going off the deep end. I'm just telling you where I am today. And there's agony in my soul. I told the Lord, I was like, Lord, ever since we, we stopped the fasting and praying in January, it seems like there's been something uh, causing agony in my soul. And then he said, no, it didn't happen then. It's been happening all your life, son. One thing after the other where I can put agony in your soul. And it's about to break me down, I tell the Lord. It's about to break me down. Have you ever wondered just how much more you can take? I had a very wise man speaking to my life one time when our family was going through one of the worst times. He says, you got to look at those things you go through in life and you got to ask the Lord, what, what can you learn from what you're going through? What can you learn from this tragedy that you're going through? So I asked the question, Lord, what, what are you trying to teach me in, in the things that happen so suddenly, these things that are unexpected in life? How, what are you trying to teach me? And I firmly, I want you to know this, I firmly believe that no matter what we're going through in life, God is still always at work. Do you hear me? No, no matter how bad things seem around us and no matter if your life seems to be spiraling out of control, I firmly believe that God is still at work around us. So I said, God, why, you put, why did you put all this agony in my soul? I keep thinking that this agony is a bad thing. I don't like feeling this way. And the Lord says, this agony in your soul is not a bad thing, son. It's a good thing. He says, the agony in your soul is a good thing and it's going to bring my plan and my purposes to be fulfilled in your life.
and not only your life, but for the church. I want you to be in agony, son. I know that didn't make sense to you. But the Lord says, I want you in agony, and I want your church in agony. Why is my soul in agony? I ask the question, why, why is my soul in agony? Why is my soul in agony? And this is where we started going together, and I started writing things down. My soul is in agony today because time is running out, and people are playing games with God. My soul is in agony because people want to play church. My soul is in agony today because people want to come to church and they want to hear a good sermon and a good song and they want to go home and have a good feeling. But there's never a time where they get alone and seek God. They honor Him with their lips, but their heart is far away. It agonizes my soul. My soul is in agony because time is running out and most Christians are not even seeking God in His presence. My soul is in agony. I'm writing things down as the Lord speaking to me. My soul is in agony because time is running out and people think they can get right with God some other time. That time may never come. Would you listen to me this morning? That time may never come. On Tuesday morning, Juan de Hoyas left his home on what would be a normal day for anybody, but guess what? Juan never came back home. He never made it back home to his mama. He never made it back home to his sister. He never made it back home to his little brother or to his daddy. He never made it back. Friend, there is no promise for tomorrow. And it brings anguish in my soul that some of you sit here Sunday after Sunday and God is speaking and you never say yes to him. I'm here to tell you there's soul in my there's anguish in my soul because, friend, you never know when you're going to be leaving this place. You never know. Make sure you're ready. Make sure you're ready. I, I know I hear that drum beat all the time. And I'm like, Lord, is there another message that you can give me? And he keeps just taking me back. Make sure souls are ready, son. Make sure people are ready to go to heaven. My soul is in anguish because time's running out. And people think they can get ready some other time. My soul is in agony because people think they're saved by good works. The Bible says it's by God's grace that we are saved, not by works that no man could boast. Friend, if there's anything that you could do, there would have been no reason for Jesus to come and drink that cup of suffering and go to the cross for us. It's not by works, not religious works, not good works. You, you cannot do enough good over bad and hope when you stand there one day that scale's going to tip and you're going to be all right. It doesn't work that way. Jesus said you must repent of your sins. You must turn from sin and turn to him and place your faith in him and begin to walk with him. Salvation comes through Christ crucified and him resurrected, friend. It's in Christ alone that you're saved. Not Christ in good works. Not Christ and you hope you're saved. It's Christ alone. And you must repent. He's paid it all, friend. Aren't you grateful that he paid it all? He paid it all. My 
My soul is in agony because people think good works to get them to heaven. Heaven is not for good people. I heard one pastor say heaven is for forgiven people, not good people. You got to be forgiven. You got to go to the Lord and ask Him for forgiveness. You got to repent. My soul was in agony today because people in the church think they're okay with God while they're still living like the world. My soul was in anguish because people come to church and they remain unchanged. My soul was in agony today because people claim to be followers of Christ, but they're still cussing, they're still drinking, they're still watching porn, they're still telling lies, they're still living that old way of life, they're still sleeping around, they're still doing the things of the world, they're still doing things contrary to the word of God. It brings agony to my soul to know people who claim to be followers of Christ and they're not living for the glory of God. The Bible says that when you come to Christ, everything becomes new. The old goes away and everything becomes new. It's a new life. It's a new walk. It's new desires. You're not going to keep doing the same old things again. It agonizes your pastor and his soul when people who claim to be people of God are still living like the world. Brings agony to my soul. My soul is in agony today because the ways of the world have influenced the church instead of the church influencing the world. My soul is in anguish this morning when church growth experts say you need to run your church like a CEO that runs a business, but they never mention seeking the face of God in prayer. They, they never mention taking time to fast. They never mention the power of the Holy Spirit. They never mention serving one another and loving one another. They want you to run the church like it's a business, but that's not how God intended it to be run. He said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Where is our anguish today? Where, where, where is our anguish today over our churches and over our nation where is the anguish in our souls today for the perversion that we see paraded all across the land and all across the entertainment? Listen to me. That there is no anguish. There is no anguish for the perversion in our land today. There's no anguish for what we're seeing on television today because most Christians are sitting right there in front of it taking in the filth. Participating in it, soaking it in. Where is the anguish for us to live a righteous and holy life for God? Where is the anguish that we would turn away from those things that we know will pull us away from God? Where is the anguish in our hearts today? Where is the anguish in our souls to humble ourselves and turn from our wicked ways and pray for our land to be healed? Where is the anguish in our souls for a spiritual awakening? Where's the anguish for a revival to come across our land? The church is not interested in a spiritual awakening. The church is not interested in a revival coming to America. You know how I know that? Because the church is prayerless. 
You know how I know that there's nobody anguished for awakening or revival? Because prayerless pastors are pastoring prayerless churches. I've been guilty of it. I stand before you today sharing a letter with you between me and God. It may not be for you. Where's the anguish in our souls today to pray? I think that the church today has become like the disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane. Instead of going over there and praying, we have fallen asleep. We've fallen asleep. It was the most critical time in Jesus' life. And where do we find the disciples? They're sleeping. And we're in one of the most critical times in our nation today. And where's the church? We're sleeping. My question today is, how in the world can the church sleep when the devil is unleashing all hell against our children today? How in the world can we be asleep? How can we be sleeping as a church when the devil is unleashing all the powers of hell against our, the next generation? Kids cutting themselves. Kids killing themselves every day. I'm not talking about New York or Florida. I'm talking about right here in the backyard of our own community. 15-year-old boy hung himself. High school kid hung himself. Kids cutting themselves. Where's the anguish in our hearts today knowing that these children are looking into the world and they see no hope, friend? We have to have an agony in our soul for these kids so we can share Jesus with them. Where's the agony? We've become numb. Our minds have been conditioned and we've fallen asleep and now it's okay for babies to be murdered through abortion. There's agony. Listen, there's agony in my soul for these babies. There, there's agony in my soul. I'm not talking about trying to rise up for a cause. I'm telling you there, there's agony in my soul that I want to stand for life and not death. That's why in just a few weeks I'm going to be traveling to Washington, D.C. to gather with several pastors that have a heart and agony in their own soul to speak up for the ones that don't have a voice. And we're going to gather and we're going to march around Washington, D.C. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. We want everybody to know that this church has a voice. We want everybody to know that there's an agony in the soul of this church that we want to be a voice for those that have no voice. Where's the anguish in our souls for the next generation? Where's the anguish in our souls for lost people? Don't, don't tell, don't listen, don't tell me that you have an anguish in your soul for lost people and you never share your faith or witness to them? Don't, don't tell me that, that you have an anguish in your soul for lost people and you never gather here when we have our church prayer gathering and gather around this altar and pray for souls to be saved. Don't tell me that your soul's anguish for the lost when you never show up to pray. letters to me we have no anguish we have no anguish we're sleeping in the most critical hour of our time people dying every day and going to hell and we're sleeping 
Where's the anguish? Family and friends going to hell and all we care about is a race or watching our favorite TV show or enjoying our newest toy. All we care about are the things that satisfy our own desires in our life while the rest of the world goes to hell. Where's the agony? Where's the agony in our own lives to win somebody to Jesus? Where's the anguish in our life that we can reach one of these kids that are ODing on heroin and the ones that are just without hope and killing themselves? Where's the anguish? We're so consumed with ourselves, we're asleep. Where's the anguish for to seek the lost and to serve the suffering? Can, can you come and help me, young lady, please? I don't need a lot of I don't need a lot of singing. I don't need it. Somebody just come and play, and I'm gonna just close it. I was praying to the Lord, and I and I know this sounds crazy because when He said it to me, it sounded crazy to me. He says, "I want you to get on your knees, and I want you to pray that you will always stay in agony." There will always be an agony in your soul. I want you to pray that your church will always be in agony. Be in agony. Lord, why in the world would you want me in agony? Why would you want me feeling this way all the time? And this is what the Lord showed me. I put it on the board for you. Because sometimes it's in the pain that we discover God's divine plan. Sometimes in agony, it keeps us on our knees. True prayer comes out of agony. No anguish, no brokenness, no pain, no prayer, no move of God. When there's no agony in your life, son, you're going to miss out on my divine plan in your life. You know what I asked the Lord one time? I know you're going to laugh. I asked the Lord one time when I was growing up, I said, Lord, I know you're going to laugh. I'm not trying to be funny here. I feel like I've been dropped off from another planet onto this planet because our family, it just messed up. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Just if every just thing just messed up. Everybody else seems so normal and we seem so abnormal. And it just seems like, you know, you go through agony all your life and it's an extreme pain just ongoing all the time. It's a fight just to keep going. And I've always looked at it as a bad thing, but I'm telling you, yesterday morning, God said, it's not bad, it's good. It's good. It's good because it's going to keep you on your face. It's going to keep you on your knees. It's going to keep you seeking me. And I promise you, in the midst of all that pain, there'll be a a plan and a divine purpose that's going to be fulfilled, son. Just trust me, trust me, trust me. That thing about no anguish, no brokenness, no pain, no prayer, no move of God. My my heart is there would be a move of God. Don't don't you want a move of God in your life? I want to be right in the middle of God's will. I know there's a cup of suffering that I'm having to drink from, but not my will, but your will, God. You know, that thing about pain 
the plan of God being discovered in the pain that we walk in. Tony, you don't mind me sharing what happened Friday, do you? We got a phone call when, we, when, when, when Juan was tragically killed. And, and listen, they, they had a student before that, just a week or so before, that, that tragically passed away. That's two students in just a few weeks at North Dublin. And got a call from uh, the, the school that, that the kids there wanted to have a, a meeting there in the gym, the high school kids. And then the middle school kids were going to meet in another gym. And they invited myself to come and speak to the to the high school kids and Pastor John to speak to the middle school kids. I'm, I'm going to tell you, man, I was a nervous wreck. I, what do you say to a bunch of teen, teenagers that have lost classmates? What do you say to them? And we went in there and we were, I don't know, John's, John was speaking at the same time I was. I have no idea what was going on over there, but I know that through prayer, God was, and even in that pain that we were feeling, you, you should have seen them kids, man. It was, oh, you could just see crying and weeping and just, they, they were broken, broken, broken people right before my eyes. Right when I got ready to walk out the door to head to the school, the Lord showed me a little cross hanging up there in my little son Lucas's room, an old wood cross that he made in Royal Rangers. <laughs> I grabbed that cross and I walked outside and I grabbed a stick that was laying on the ground. I went up there to that school. I laid that stick on the ground and I put that cross there in front of that stand. And at the very end, I said, you know what? We have some broken things in our life. They fall out of the trees and they're just laying around and they're, they're, they just seem like they're forgotten and they're broken. And a lot of you are broken today. But I had a friend of mine that used to pick those kind of sticks up and he would take them and he would make something special out of them. He'd turn them into a cross and put them in a stand like that right there. And I just told him, I said, God can take your brokenness and he can turn it around today. But it all starts right here at the cross. And I had a chance to share the good news with those kids. And several of those kids... Oh, listen, we had several of them give their life to Jesus on the high school side, and John led several of the middle schoolers to Christ. Listen, there was 14 kids that gave their life to Jesus right there in those gyms at North Dublin School. All through the power of prayer and fasting. Even in the midst of the weeping and crying and the pain, there was a divine purpose being accomplished. You know, when we left the school, I took off and went toward Goldsboro to Kitty Askins, and John called, and I talked to John, and John said, you're not going to believe this. He said, I just got a call from the school, and they want me to go back. They said, there's four kids in one of the teacher's offices, and they want to get saved too. Can you come back and lead them to the Lord? The agony in our soul, there's agony in our soul, but listen, in that agony, God can fulfill his plan and his purpose. Paco, <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. But I do praise God that even in the pain that you're feeling and our community's feeling, I praise God that his purpose and plan was done through those kids that gave their life to the Lord. And I know he's touched a lot of other people. Would you stand with me, please?
Here's the deal. The Lord's talking to me, not you. He's talking to me. This message is from me. You're either in agony or you're either asleep. That's the picture in the garden. You're either in agony or you're either, either, you're either asleep. Which one are you this morning? You come in broken and come in with a lot of pain, you're right where God can use you in a mighty way. I'll take being in agony any day over being asleep. I've learned to live with it. And the good news is God helps you get through that stuff. He helps you. He helps you. And even when you're riding down the road and you're crying and you're trying to tell your kids why something's happened in their life, you can still lift your hand and say, man, thank God them kids got saved at that school. Thank God that one was a gift to you that encouraged you in your life, somebody that made a difference in your life. Thank God for the gift. I'll take agony any day ever being asleep. Where are you at this morning? Listen, for the next few minutes, here's my prayer. Will, will you please, if you can come to this altar, listen, I, whatever you can do, come out of your pew, but would you do me a favor, and I know you may not feel comfortable praying this, but would you please pray it like I prayed it? Would you pray that God would keep you in agony? Would you pray that God would keep this church in agony? I know it don't make sense, but I'm telling you, it's in the agony where we find victory and where we find God's divine plan. And I want that any day. I want that any day over anything else in my life. I want God's plan because His ways are perfect. So as our brother and they sing, how about, can you do good, good father again? I want to invite you right now. Will you come, please? Will you come? Would, would you come and ask God to put anguish in your soul right now for the lost? Anguish in your soul to live a life glorifying to God. Come on, we got plenty of time. Come on. Come on, friend. Come on, please. Please. I'm pleading with you. I'm pleading with you that you would pray that prayer that God would bring agony to our souls. Father, Thank you for everyone that's coming right now, God. Thank you, God. We're going to wait just a few more. we got plenty of time. Come on, just make your way to this altar. It could be that you need to give your life to Jesus Christ today. Right here at this altar, you can just receive him right now. Just invite him in and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. And I believe you died on the cross for me. And I, I know that you were raised from the dead. And because you live, I can have everlasting life. So I'm giving my life to you today, God. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I want to have peace with you, God. And it all comes through repenting of my sins and placing my faith in Jesus Christ. Come on, right there where you are, just begin to pray and invite the agony into your soul. Come on, friend. Come on. Come on. Listen, I know it's a tough cup to swallow, but we want God's will. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God, there's an agony in my soul. There's an agony in my soul, God. I thank you.